Hello and welcome to the Dispatches by Banter on the Parkway, where once again the weekend crew is in to talk us through the Big East as conference play hits one of the last weekends before March Madness. Brian and Braden will be here to break down everything that could happen in the conference and what that means for the Big East both on the bubble and how it applies to Xavier. All that and more coming up on the Dispatches by Banter on the Parkway. All right, we are back here once again to go through the happenings in this week in the Big East. So I am Brian. I'm joined, as always, by Braden. Now, Braden, you were born on the exact same day as uh, RB Leipzig midfielder Ethan Ampadu, who put in a very impressive performance in the Champions League this week. What did you do this week? Um, I completed all of my college assignments on time this week, so I am knocking it out of the park. Yeah, that's right. Get on his level, Ethan, yeah, and get I'm a haircut. Them. They're not paying me. Oh. Well, maybe you should get on Ethan's level and grow yeah. your hair out. <laughs> that was just a fun factoid I found the other day. Um, you and Ethan Ampadu, born on the same day. So, I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's get into uh, Big East action this week. In the first game we um, have to talk about, not one I particularly want to talk about, but it was uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center uh, last Saturday, and it was Providence 74, Seton Hall 71. Providence got out to a gigantic early lead here, and Seton Hall just could not reel them back in. Who was leading the way for the Friars in this one? Um, well, it was Alpha Diallo in this particular game. He got off to a hot start and pretty much just stayed hot the entire game. He went five of five from three, which is pretty rare for him. He's not the greatest shooter from outside, but he ended the game with 35 points and 10 boards. Um, he also fouled out though. So get it together, Alpha. Um, but yeah, he really, he really started them off hot and he just carried them down a stretch. He went eight of nine from the line, uh, which was good, especially when Seton Hall, cut into the deficit late um another uh decent performer was Luane pipkins he hit 13 points uh wasn't the most efficient on it but he didn't really have to be very efficient because he could probably throw it to alpha diallo and know he was going to score so providence didn't put any other guys in double figures they didn't really have to they just rode diallo's hot shooting and it got him the victory yeah i think what's kind of stunning here is providence um went seven of 17 from three uh they were they were hitting tough shots all night they only ended the game with nine assists as a team though um so that i mean it wasn't like the ball was moving real well for them they assisted nine of their 21 makes but diallo came into this one like three of 19 three of his last 19 from three and ended the game five of five from three so um that certainly snuck up on seton hall for the pirates quincy mcknight um had 14. Uh, he was one of eight from the floor, 12 of 14 from the line, though. So he was getting to the line early and often. Uh, Miles Powell had 27. Uh, he was nine of 20 from the floor to get there. And then the other pirate in double figures was Jared Roden, um, who is still a hero for, for the pointless dunk at Butler. Um, he had a pretty efficient night, uh, 10 points, eight rebounds, and um, he ended up fouling out, though. There were a lot of fouls called in this game, 49 total. But uh, Seton Hall could not get anything going inside. Um, Mamu Kalashvili only had seven. Romero Gill only had four. 
Um, Tyree Samuel only had four. Uh, Obiagu played five minutes and did not score. They just didn't quite have it um, going on inside. They were only 11 of 27 from inside the arc. So uh, they they fought back in this one. Obviously, in the second half, they put on a huge run to um, almost get back in this game. They had cut the lead to as few as five before the 10-minute mark. Um, they had a 15-2 run pretty much right out of halftime, but they could not ever get over the hump. And so Providence came away with the big victory um, for them after that, that crippling loss that they suffered um, at the end of last week. Um, they come out and are able to grab a win here. So um, next up is another upset. This one, very funny, uh, because it was Georgetown 73, Butler 66 at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Georgetown was without Mac McClung. They were without Omer Yurt 7 for the entire game. So who stepped up in the absence of those two guys? Uh, well, Terrell Allen led the way for the Hoyas, and he went for 22 points and shot 4 of 4 from behind the arc, including uh, the shot that pretty much buried the game with about a minute to go. Uh, he drifted into a into the corner, uh, they kicked it out to him, and he knocked it down without really setting his feet. Um, he was just feeling it the entire game like that. Uh, J- Javon Blair had 16 points. Uh, he hit some late free throws to also uh, kind of solidify the victory. <laughs> Jagon Mosley had eight points. He dished out five assists, um, and all three of those guys played 40 minutes. They uh, they were in there the whole time. They were. Uh, they played very well the entire time. They were very efficient on offense. Um, and our boy Q Deuce had another very good game. He went for 11 points and seven boards, had a little bit of foul trouble, um, but he he played very hard. He cleared an offensive rebound and kicked it out to Allen with about six minutes to go um, to put Georgetown back into the lead. So he came up with a big, big rebound there and a very good performance. And this one was played at a very slow pace, um, only 58 possessions. And both teams' offenses were just really cooking, and Georgetown uh, was able to get theirs get theirs going uh, a little more, and especially with that three at the end, was just able to bury Butler in the last couple minutes. Yeah, I mean, Butler, we talked about the story uh, of a lot of their games is how Sean McDermott plays in this one. He had 12 points, but it was Are on you a five of Sean 15. McDermott fan? Shooting. No, I cannot stand Sean McDermott. <laughs> I think he looks like a turd. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, when he plays well, Butler plays well. And when he plays poorly, Butler plays poorly. And I'm always a fan of Butler playing poorly. Um, so in this one, yeah, he had 12 points, but a terrible shooting line from him. Um, Kamar Baldwin had 17 on 7 of 17 from the floor. Um, Jordan Tucker had uh, a decent game, 16 points. He was 5 of 12 from the floor, including 4 of 10 from 3. Uh, but Butler really could not get it um, going on offense. They got 13 of their own misses back. They actually um, got back 37% of their own misses, but they were just bad at taking their chances. Um, The turnover bug did not bite them. Uh, They just missed a lot of shots. They were 9 of 32 from deep, and um, even though they were 16 of 29 from inside the arc, they didn't really commit to getting it inside, which is odd given that Georgetown was without their big man, um, Yurt Seven, uh, Wahab, 
was filling in, but he was in foul trouble, had four fouls. He was limited to 28 minutes, but Butler did not really commit to getting the ball inside, and it, it, it cost him here. So Butler falls to 7-6. and six. Georgetown up to 5-7 and seven with a big resume win um, that they really needed to um, really get themselves um, – uh, further on to the bubble. I think they're playing their way onto the bubble by winning at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And so they are certainly putting themselves into some projections at the CHI center um, in Omaha. Um, shockingly, DePaul went in there and got their brains absolutely beaten in um, positive for DePaul. They were eight of 19 from three. Um, so why don't you talk about the positives for Creighton though? Oh, that's going to be a lot more fun than talking about DePaul. So Tyshawn Alexander um, has continued his very good run of form. He had 24 points, uh, eight assists with only one turnover and got five steals. So he has continued um, to just be very, very good for Crichton. Uh, Mitch Ballack remembered how to shoot a three this game. He went four of eight, ended with 12 points, had nine rebounds, all of them defensive, uh, which is very good uh, considering they were going up against uh, Jalen Butts and Paul Reed. Um, Marcus Zagorowski, uh, he didn't have a great game. He had six assists and six turnovers, uh, got a little sloppy with the ball. Uh, but Creighton got very good output from Alexander. Uh, Jefferson went for 12. Ballack went for 12. They shot 13 of 26 from three as a team. So when you're shooting 50% from three, kind of hard to lose when you put them up as often as they do. And DePaul just played very poorly. And uh, Creighton was able to just pretty much walk away from them. Yeah, um, DePaul turned the ball over 21 times. Um, you know, they did shoot 8 of 19 from 3. They shot 4 of 11 from the line. Um, they shot 18 of 42 from inside the arc. None of these are, are good marks except for that 8 Very of bad. 19 from 3. And they didn't get to the offensive glass as well as you would think they would against Creighton. Creighton's a small team, but um, DePaul only got back 23% of their own misses, so mm-hmm. less than their season average. Um, so it was just kind of a confusing game, but, um, you know, it was a return to form from DePaul. It was a little comforting to watch them just absolutely get their brains beat in. You know, if Max Struess had gone out there and whined a lot about (laughs) incidental contact, um, it really would have been full DePaul. Uh, unfortunately he's out of eligibility though. Um, so bummer, but, um, also in action, Villanova um, was not uh, – they did not play a Big East game this past weekend. They did play a Big Five game against Temple. Um, Villanova 76, Temple 56. The story of this one for Villanova, Colin Gillespie had 29 points. Uh, he was 11 of 19 from the floor, uh, dished out five assists, and um, Villanova just took it to a much worse Temple team. Um, Temple, of course, in the American – uh, is not looking like a tournament team this year. They're 105th in the Kempom. And, um, yeah, they, they pretty much need the auto bid if they're going to get in. So this is not necessarily telling us a lot about Villanova, that they walked out there and beat Temple by 20, but they did go out there and beat Temple by 20. Um, and like I said, Colin Gillespie um, had another incredible game. Um, Samuels and Robinson Earl. Joined him in double figures, but not a lot to be learned from this one. Um, I would say. I don't. Do you have anything that stands out to you about this game? Uh, not really. I mean, Villanova was down four at the half, and then they scored fifty in the second half 
pretty effortlessly. Ooh, Temple has a guy whose first name is Justin, except with a Y. Um, that is interesting. I. So we did so learn something that, this game. That is infuriating. Wow. <laughs> You've not Holy seen cow. want to punch him, right? <laughs> no, I'm not blaming him. <laughs> I mean, someone named him that. Justin Hamilton, anyway. senior at Temple. We'll be, we'll be watching him. No, we won't. Anyway, oh, now, I, now I really hope they don't make the tournament so I don't have to deal with that. That bugs me. <laughs> um, at Serve Forum on Tuesday, Creighton went in and got another impressive win. So Creighton's hot streak continues. Uh, Creighton has now won four straight in the Big East, and they have won eight out of their last nine. So they're pretty much on fire right now, and they went into Serve Forum and – Beat Marquette seventy three to sixty five. Um, who got it done for the Blue Jays? Uh, well, once again, Tyshawn Alexander. Uh, he went for twenty two um, on offense. Took a lot of shots to get there, um, but down the stretch they were going to him. He hit a fadeaway with about a minute left to put Creighton up nine, and that pretty much sealed the victory for him. Uh, but like you had mentioned last week about him being a very underrated defender, he really locked Marcus Howard up. Uh, Howard did not score in the first half only ended with 13 and he was really having to force through a lot of coverage to get those shots away. Um, so Alexander really had a, a great game on both ends of the floor. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski uh, came up with a very good game. He had 17 points, shot seven of 11 to get there. Uh, Mitch Ballack only had eight, but he threw seven assists and no turnovers. Uh, Damian Jefferson, Denzel Mahoney, they went for 11 and nine respectively. Uh, so, Creighton, once again, able to get output from a lot of guys, but Tyshawn Alexander has really been hot in the last couple weeks and is looking like he's really rounding into form as the season uh, comes to a close. And you'll recall uh, when we said who who had the inside track to finish third, uh, you said Creighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said who, uh, if anyone is going to um, chase down Seton Hall, you also said Creighton. Um, and both times I have disagreed with you, but they are on fire right now and they're making you look like, you know what you're talking about, despite the fact that anyone who's ever met you knows you don't, um, for um, Marquette, like you said, Marcus Howard did not have a good game, 13 points. He was four of 14 from the floor, um, had five assists, but four turnovers to go with it. Kobe McEwen, uh, could not step up like he did against Xavier. He had 10 points. He was only 3 of 11 from the floor. Sakar Anim had another good game, 18 points, took 18 shots to get there. But um, he was as close to doing well as anyone on Marquette. Theo John did have 12 points on 6 of 6 from the floor. Um, yeah. He had a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds, and um, maybe a triple-double. And people who are driven to distraction by how angry he is. <laughs> but anyway um, – so he was efficient, but uh, did not, um, as usual, did not get a lot of touches inside. Um, and Marquette really could not figure things out with um, Alexander and um, the other Creighton defenders taking Howard out of his game. And so Marquette falls to 7-6. and six. Creighton goes to 10-4 and four and are very much in the conversation at the top of the Big East. Uh, speaking of the top of the Big East, um, Seton Hall maintains their one-game lead because they – um, hosted Butler at the Prudential Center on Wednesday and won 74-72. to 72. Um, Walk us through that final play. Uh, final play, ball went out of bounds, uh, and Qu- Quincy McKnight took it out on the baseline for Seton Hall. 
with less than a second left. And he lobbed the ball into the air. And thankfully, Mamu Kalashvili was aware of how much time was left and was able to uh, tip it in. Um, while most people might have uh, gotten it, come down, pump faked, and try to draw contact, he was able to just put it up and in for the win uh, and walk off as a hero and not look like a complete goober in the process. So that's the final so play. So you, you referred to this uh, as a reverse Darren Cumberland, where yes. you actually shoot the ball um, before time expires. Instead of just letting time expire with the ball in your hand. Yes, yes he's done twice this season um so yeah huge play from him and a huge play in terms of the big east title race because had seaton hall not won that game um they would have drawn level with creighton at the top of the conference at 10 and 4 but as it stands right now they stand at 11 and 3 um and this was a really good game um seaton hall and butler they went back and forth quite a bit um <clears throat> I want to say the largest lead of the game, Butler got out by 10 in the first half. And then um, at no point was anybody leading by 10 after that point. Um, I think the most Seton Hall ever led by was like five. And um, Seton Hall was able to come away with a big victory in the Prudential Center. Uh, Miles Powell had 16 on five of 15 shooting. Uh, Romero Gill actually put in 15 points. He was five of seven from the floor and five of six from the line. So a very efficient scoring night from him. Mamu Kalashvili um, had the game winning basket. He had 15. Uh, Quincy McKnight had 18 points. He was three of seven from the floor, 10 of 11 from a line. So once again, the theme, Quincy McKnight gets to the free throw line and he's very good there. Um, Miles Kale did not get a chance for a pointless Duncan or Jared Roden. I'm sorry. Did not get a chance for a pointless Duncan this game, which is disappointing to us all uh, who had it going for Butler. Um, Butler in another loss this week uh, actually played pretty well on offense. Um, uh, Kamar Baldwin went for 20. He did as usual, take a lot of shots to get there, uh, but he also dished out six assists with only one turnover. Bryce Golden had 17 uh, and Aaron Thompson had 12. But Sean McDermott was very quiet until he hit a couple threes late in the game when Seton Hall, uh, for reasons that weren't really clear, left him wide open to tie the game. Uh, But before that, he really uh, was ineffective. Uh, Jordan Tucker just kind of disappeared in this game. He was only one of six from the floor, had uh, three points. Bryson Z only had six points with four turnovers. Um, so while Butler's uh, main players uh, like Baldwin, uh, Thompson were having good games, uh, their supporting cast didn't do a whole lot, and McDermott didn't really do anything until the last minute or so. So they really were not able to get enough uh, output from enough different places in this one. All right. So Butler uh, then falls to 7-7 seven and seven in the conference, and it uh, they cannot win the Big East outright. Uh, the best they could do at this point is share the conference title. Um, but that even that seems a stretch. Um, and in yeah, a lot of the bracketology this week, they are not uh, a protected seed anymore. So after the hot start they got off to, um, Butler really seems to be fading as we go down the stretch here. Um, and speaking of fading and losing their legs, Georgetown. Um, <laughs> Uh, hosted Providence at Capital One Arena, and Providence was able to come away with a 73-63 victory. Georgetown um, still without your seven. Mac McClung only played eight minutes. Um, who got it done for the Friars? 
Uh, once again, Alpha Diallo had a really good game. He had 18 points, uh, eight rebounds, seven of which were offensive. Uh, we know he's very good at offensive rebounding. He was able to pull in a lot against Georgetown. Luane Pipkins actually came up with a very solid night. He had 16 points uh, on five of seven. Malik White had 11 points and seven assists. And then uh, Khalif Young had 11 points and nine boards. So uh, Providence was able to get uh, four guys into double figures. They were able to spread their points around a little bit. They shot 10 of 25 from three. Uh, not setting the world on fire, but that's pretty pretty solid shooting night. Uh, so, yeah, and then Georgetown just is pretty much out of people with uh, the main three guys playing 40 minutes earlier in the week. They honestly looked uh, pretty ragged in this game. Yeah, I mean, Jamorco Pickett is another one who uh, the odometer has to be getting really high on him at this point. Um, Terrell Allen had another solid game, 16 points. He was 4 of 9 from the floor, 7 of 10 from the line, dished out 3 assists. Um, Blair didn't really have it going from deep. He was only 2 of 8 from deep. He did lead Georgetown with – he actually led all scorers with 20 points. Um, And Pickett was the other one in double digits with 12. Um, But Georgetown, yeah, I mean, they looked tired in this game. Um, And you can see why. I mean, they lost four scholarship players earlier in the season. Um, And McClung and Yurt Seven, who you would say are the two best remaining players on the roster – haven't been playing lately. McClung did come in. Um, he played eight minutes. He he took three shots. He was two for two from the line, had one offensive rebound, one turnover, and one steal. So he is coming back to fitness, but um, Georgetown did not get enough out of him or, or anyone to um, win what was a big bubble matchup because um, they needed to avoid that loss to Providence more than they needed a win against Providence. But um, Providence desperately needed a win from anywhere and they got two of them this week. Uh, so <clears throat> that brings us to our final game of the week, um, which was entirely pointless because Villanova went to win trust and won by 20. <laughs> what else is there to say? Sadiq Bay had 20 Colin Gillespie had 17. Justin Moore had 17. Uh, Demir Cosby Roundtree um, had a rare high scoring output. He had 11. Um, DePaul, Coleman Lance had 17. Reed had 13. No one else did anything of note other than not be very good. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, is there a lot we can learn from this game? DePaul has returned to form. Um, they are back to just getting their butts kicked instead of building a big lead and then having an improbable meltdown at the end of the game. Um, but they're 1 in 12 in the conference. Um, now they are, they look done. They look done with their season. Yes. It looks like the players, um, yeah, are, are pretty much done with it. And, um, I would not be shocked if this may be it for, for Dave Lato at DePaul once again. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Only things they need to, to go back to the main red clause. <laughs> Only thing standing out to me on that line is Nova hit 18 of 26 from three. Um, There's just another insane output. And for those math geniuses of you out there, you will know that is a shocking 69% from behind the yard. Nice. Uh, Very nice shooting line for the team. Uh, But in all seriousness, hitting 18 threes in a game uh, and they've hit 17 uh, earlier in the week. uh, They're just, that's just nuts. Like uh, teams like DePaul or Temple are just not able to cope with that. 
All right. Okay. So um, now we come down to our, our, our final questions. And first of all, who is your Big East player of the week this week? Um, I am actually stealing yours from last week, and I'm going with Tyshawn Alexander. Uh, because in this week, he played very good defense, uh, as we've seen him do before. Locking up Marcus Howard is no uh, easy feat. Um, and he was able to hold him scoreless in the first half um, against Marquette in that very big win for Creighton. Um, he scored 24 against DePaul, 22 against Marquette. Um, had good, pretty decent shooting lines in both games. Uh, had 12 assists across both of those games with only two turnovers. Um, yeah, like both of those games, he was just uh, very good. He played 33 minutes against DePaul, 36 against Marquette, and looks like he is really just uh, even more so hitting his stride now as they come into March. And I think he's going to be uh, their go-to guy um, when they need a big bucket um, coming into March. So I'm going with him, uh, who you got for player of the week. Well, I, I do think he's probably the most overrated player in the Big East, but this week I think it's Alpha Diallo. Um, he had two very good, uh, very efficient scoring performances, which we've not seen a lot from him this year. Um, he's not been very efficient in his scoring output uh, for the most part this season. Uh, he actually has been dropped from the starting lineup for a game. Um, he's just not had the senior season that people thought he was going to have. Uh, but this week he had 35 against Seton Hall in, in a game that really reignited Providence's NCAA tournament hopes. Um, you know, he did that with a 11 of 15 performance from the floor and eight of nine from the line um, and 10 rebounds. I mean, it's hard to get much better than that mm -hmm. um and he followed that up with a strong performance against georgetown not as strong he had 18 he was um six of 15 from the floor had eight rebounds um another couple assists um had a block and two steals in that game so he um put it together this week in a way that he hasn't um for most of the rest of the season i mean he's he's had uh yeah i think a, a senior season that most everyone associated with the providence program would be disappointed with uh but this week he was tremendous um and so um i, I don't have to get him credit give him credit i was about to say i have to get him credit i don't have to i'm going to though you're choosing to um so yeah so i'm being benevolent uh, i am smiling on alpha diallo you better appreciate it I expect a card in the mail uh, otherwise, he's not Big East Player of the Week next week. Yeah, he's one um, of our biggest fans, so, actually. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Alpha, if you're listening, um, you know, please just shout me out on social media and thank me for <laughs> this great honor. Um, all right, and the last thing we want to talk about is um, it's March, um, or it's almost March. And so there have been a lot of players who um, – have made themselves heroes in March from Big East. So who is your favorite, favorite, you know, non-Xavier Big East hero, um, March Big East hero? Uh, for me, there was really only one obvious choice, and it was Kemba Walker. Um, growing up, I was about 10 years old uh, when uh, UConn won that title uh, his senior year. And just watching him play uh, in March that year, he was just unstoppable. Uh, there were certain games uh, where it'd be close till about uh, six or six or seven minutes to go, and he'd just decide it was his turn to take over. Um, I know pretty much everybody who listens to this. I know you and I uh, love his step back against Pittsburgh, uh, where he just breaks their center's ankles, 
steps back to the free throw line and buries it as time expires. Um, he would just, he, there was absolutely no quit in him uh, through most of his career, but especially that year, they went on an 11 game run. The fewest minutes he played in there was 33 minutes. Uh, he just, he just could not be stopped that year. So I'm going with him. Yeah. I think my favorite part of that clip is not the shot itself or any of the action they run. It's Jim Calhoun's weird, like two awkward hops on his yes. way to the handshake line. Yes. Uh, I love that. I don't know why. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I'm, I'm excited. I got to show it. Uh, anyway, um, I am going with uh, Vander Blue from Marquette uh, back in 2013. Obviously, um, Marquette made it to the Elite Eight that year, and he was a huge part of that. And um, mostly I remember just sitting sitting there watching him absolutely destroy Butler and and Rodney Clark's um, reign of terror at Butler, uh, which warmed – every part of my heart um, there were not parts of my heart that were not warmed by watching Vander Blue just annihilate Rodney Clark's Butler team so um, I mean that that Butler team Rodney Clark Alex Barlow Roosevelt Jones Kelly Good. Dunham they had all the hateable people I mean um, it was just so hard Kyle Marshall who had that inexplicable H in his first name come on <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I'm forever grateful to Vander Blue for putting a stop to that nonsense. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to mention him here. Um, played, played a lot of minutes, um, in that run for them, um, was in double digits every game. He had 29 that game against Butler. Um, so Vander Blue, what a guy. So that's going to do it for us this week. Um, and you guys can, we hope you guys tune in next week to listen to us unabashedly hate on um, Butler some more.